All right, King's kids, come to the front, please. King's kids, second grade on down. Come on up here. Up the wrong way, wrong way. Come here, come here, come here. Come on, come on. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Over here, over here, over here. Over here. Come on. Yep, 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 yep. From the back row. Wow, we got a good group today. It's good. I have a special surprise for you and King's kids today. We got good workers. Um, see, all us old people, we just sang a song about how we need God. And let me just tell you something. The older you get, the more you realize you need God in your life. If you ever forget it, it's okay if you remember it later. But I'm, I'm telling you, kids, listen, pay attention, and learn from the mistakes that the old people have made and try not to make old people mistakes, okay? Yeah, we do a lot of things wrong. Like we, sometimes we buy the wrong thing, like listen to your mom, like, oh, I bought the wrong thing. Like, what was that? Like, I bought the wrong, bought the wrong. And as you get older, when you hear your parents talk about things they've done wrong, and by the way, if you never hear your parents or your grandparents tell you about things they've done wrong, those are some really good stories. Ask them, hey, grandpa, tell me about the time when you did something really, really stupid. Hey, Grandma, tell me about the time when you bought something you didn't really need. And wait for those good stories to come out. Because if you can learn to not do what they did, then you'll probably grow up. What? You'll probably grow up to not make those mistakes. This guy's already catching on. All right, you're dismissed. Out that door. King's kids. Let that also serve as a public announcement that we could use some more help in the children's department. Uh, and right now we just have several openings for once a month. Some of the schedules are once every five weeks. Uh, like King's Kids teaching at the 1030, we have an opening for that. Uh, working in Tiny Tots and Nursery, we could use your help. We have got a good influx. And none of the class, some of the classes, maybe seven or eight, am I right, Miss Terry? Sometimes the, the Tiny Tots class. But it's usually about five or six. So uh, moms, grandmas, moms and dads, dads, if, if, if your wife signs up, you know, sign up with her. The kids love jumping all over dads when they're in there. Tell you what, it becomes WrestleMania. So we, we could use some more help. Can I get an amen? No, no, you didn't sound. Oh, oh that's because all the ameners are down there working already. Wait, <laughs> amen. I could, I could hear Pat right now. All right, I've got scripture readers this morning. Carly and Megan, where are you hiding? Good grief, I couldn't even find you. I looked over here and you're like, you're not by your mom. A couple of our graduates. Megan has graduated from Chisholm. Carly has graduated from Timberlake. They have big plans. If you want to know what their plans are, you're going to have to talk to them because they're busy up here reading scripture for me. Open your Bibles. Give them a hand. <laughs> You made it! This is like your final test right here. You've got to read publicly without crying. All right, we're in Proverbs chapter 8. What, what verse are you starting on? 13. Proverbs 8, 13. Give them a second. Wait till the wrestling dies down. They knew we were going to Proverbs 8, but they weren't ready. See how that is? See how I got to put up with? They're getting there. Proverbs 8 from your brand new graduate Bible. Is that what this is? Ooh. Is it going to look like this pretty soon? Do you do that? Do you write in your yes. Bible? Look at this. This is what we're doing today. Is that I got the little sides so I can Yeah, you've got more room day. than I do. Look at that page. Good. We're going places today. All right, Megan. Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, verse 13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and per perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight, I have power. By me, kings reign, and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern, and nobles all who rule on earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me, find me. Now where are you going? Skipping down to verse 32. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. 
but those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Thank you. Doing something new today. <clears throat> I have never <clears throat> covered two entire chapters in one sermon, so I'm going to try and make you not regret that. Uh, and oddly enough, I want to start by going to the Sermon on the Mount. You don't need to turn there, but I'm, I'm turning to <clears throat> Matthew 5. I just want to show you something that Jesus did because it resonates with what Solomon is going to do today. <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit. So we're not supposed to be proud. Blessed are the meek. So it's not the powerful who actually get things done. Verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers. As the world has enough troublemakers. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. We're not supposed to keep our faith in the dark. Verse 17, do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus uses a lot of contrasts. In Matthew 5, 43, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies. So he's contrasting love and hate. Chapter 6, verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Side note, the great contrast is between heaven and earth, not heaven and hell. Heaven and earth is the contrast. Chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Seek first the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this earth. Matthew chapter 7. Which one of you, if, he, if your son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Narrow gate, wide gate. Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree, healthy fruit, bad tree bad fruit everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand a life on the rock a life on sand Jesus uses contrasts to encourage faith in God write that down Lady Folly and Lady Wisdom are the topics today, but I want you to see first that Jesus is using the same formula that Solomon uses. This is an ancient technique. Jesus uses contrasts to encourage faith. It's faith in God the Father, it's, it's activity towards God the Father, it's love towards God the Father, and Jesus uses a lot of comparisons and contrasts and his teaching, one of the things that makes him a master teacher is he uses everyday comparisons to get you to think about spiritual things. Everyday contrasts to get you to think about spiritual things. That's not new. Solomon did that. Solomon's going to do that this morning. It even occurs in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Looking ahead, Proverbs chapter 10, those comparisons and those contrasts are going to be in one verse, sometimes one sentence. The wise way, the foolish way. That, that's the area of Proverbs where it boils down to even comparing and contrasting in one quick thought. Proverbs 9 is going to use one chapter to compare two different ways of living. And today we're stepping back, Proverbs 7 and 8 
uses two entire chapters to compare and contrast what it means to follow lady wisdom or what it looks like if you're living a life with lady folly. Wise and foolish, right and wrong, this way or that way. That's a really effective mode of communication. The reason we are doing two complete chapters today is because that's what Solomon is doing. Here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to read straight through Proverbs 7. No commentary. But as we go through Proverbs 8, you'll see in your notes, then we will start to look back at Proverbs 7 and see where things are being compared, where there are like likenesses, and then we'll look at things that are different, contrasts, um, because it's framing a big idea and he does it through two big chapters, which also tells us, you know, our Bible reading in the morning should probably be longer than five minutes. A lot of the arguments in the Bible are organized by chapters. Sometimes it's an entire book. We need to get more used to reading large sections of scripture so we see these things playing out. If you were just to sit down and read Proverbs seven by itself, you walk away with some good ideas. Yeah, don't do that. But it makes so much more impact when then you right on top of it, read eight and go, yes. Wrong, 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 wrong. Right, 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 right. They, they go together. All right, Proverbs seven, buckle up. <clears throat> I didn't have the heart to make one teen read all of seven and the other teen read all of eight. You're like, that's, that's a graduation curse. Didn't, I feel your pain. You did great. Proverbs 7, warning against the adulteress. My son, keep my words. Treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden or foreign woman from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house, I've looked out through my lattice and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight in the evening and at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home, now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him, kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. So now I've come out to meet you, to seek you early, and I found you. I've spread my couch with coverings, colored linens from Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver as a bird rushes into a snare. And he does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, O oh sons, listen to me. Be attentive to the words of my mouth let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray in her paths, for many a victim has she laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. Here we go. 
Proverbs 8.1, we see that lady wisdom is calling and raising with equal voices to lady folly. Equal voices calling out, calling, raising her voice. What did lady folly do? She's loud, she's calling, she's wayward. They're both calling, they're both using their voices, that's their primary method. They're just it's so common. They're just speaking. Personal, it's face to face. Equal voices. So you have competing voices. And then in verses two and three, they're calling from common locations. Calling from common locations. Lady Wisdom beside the way, at the crossroads, by the gates, at the entrance. Lady Folly, the adulteress, in the street, in the market, at every corner. It's open, it's brazen. It's not in secret. It's right, and it's right all the places you need to go. You can't escape it. Everywhere you go, you're going to be faced with a choice. Equal voices at equal locations always in front of you. You can't hide from it, can't escape it. Verses four and five. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. They're calling the same people. Lady wisdom and lady folly are calling the same people. Chapter seven, verse seven says, the simple, the youths, Young men lacking sense. And you know they're not the only ones, even if those are the target, they're not the only ones hearing this. Everyone is going to hear it. At one point or another, same voices, same locations, same everyday life, same people. That's how they are similar. Lady wisdom, lady folly. But chapter 8 turns the corner. I'm picking up in verse 6. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. From my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Verse 13, the fear of the Lord different intentions. In chapter seven, Lady Folly is out to capture you and her big line is in verse 18. Come, let us take our fill of love till the morning. Contrast that with the fear of the Lord, which lasts forever. One night, one pleasure, one exciting moment, a lifetime of stability and knowledge and peace. You see, you see the difference there. Even Lady Folly is short-sighted. Fill of love. Jesus teaches the fear of the Lord is to love the Lord your God. It is a loving grace-filled fear. Remember, we've talked about this. It's not being afraid of his judgment. It's a holy respect and honoring of someone you never want to let down. That's covenant love. Not just one night. Not just filling up on love. Absent of justice. 
uh, verse 14, chapter 8, verse 14. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield better than choice silver. In verses 18 and 19, we see there are different consequences. Different consequences will come depending on where you give your love, where you give your attention, where you point your life. Because this isn't just about a one-night stand versus eternally fearing God. It's about a way of life that is dedicating itself to one of these two paths. One that is always giving in to what is simple. One that is always submitting to what will yield the better harvest. It's a biblical principle. You reap what you sow. It's going to be in Proverbs. If you don't go out and sow your fields, you won't have anything to reap when the harvest comes. If you don't go and work a couple of hard days, you don't get anything down the line. And you know a farmer doesn't just work to plant and to sit around and twiddle his thumbs. There are fence lines to mend. There are, there are weeds to be pulled. There is, there is irrigation to be looked after. There's fertilization. There's, there's a lot to do in between the sowing and the reaping. Sometimes the sowing and the reaping is quick, especially if you plant dandelions. Sometimes the sowing and reaping is slow when you plant a pecan, when you plant an apricot. It looks cute, looks small after a year, but man, it's going to take a long time before it bears good fruit. Same with you. God has put within you a choice, the easy way or the wise way, the foolish way or the wisdom way. Chapter 8, verse 20. I walk in the way of righteousness and the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me. Different ways of living. Different ways of living. Key words here. Lady Wisdom, I walk. Righteousness, justice, inheritance, filling up on her treasures. At the end of chapter 7, verse 25, here are, here are the ways of Lady Folly. Let not your heart turn to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. She has laid low her slain. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. Uh, Solomon is using a lot of rich words and illustrations about walking, about following, about yielding, about treasures, about worth, about wealth. And one of them is clearly less than the other. There are consequences there are different ways of living and they will yield two completely different lives. This is a father preaching to his son, preaching to his kids. Watch out. Look for this. It looks smooth and sweet, but it will be bitter and painful. It looks a little rigorous. It looks strict, but it leads to righteousness and peace. If you want to know the best way to go, look at the final end result of each game. Death and life. That's what he's presenting to his kids. It's common, it's out there, it's at the street, it's at the gate, it's everywhere. This is not just a one-time decision. This is a lifetime. You're gonna have to say no to Lady Folly every day you go about your business in the city. Every day. 
She's there. She's calling. She's loud. She's wayward. She's whispering. She's preparing. She leads to death. And you're going to have to really listen hard because there are two voices competing. Look for the wisdom of God. It's also everywhere you go. If you'll listen, if you'll look for it, if you want it, if you love it, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, it's there for the taking. It takes a lot more chewing though. Milkshake, steak dinner. Cut and chew. Cut and chew. The wisdom that God offers is going to sustain you, keep you, nourish you, not go right through you, not freeze your brain, not just satisfy your sweet tooth. I'm not condemning milkshakes. I, I, I have a, I have a, I got a $5 Brahms card in my wallet as we speak because I'm ready to go. I, mean, I already decided like when I got that thing, I'm getting a milkshake. I haven't had a milkshake from Brahms in a long time. I'm not condemning milkshakes. I'm just using it as an illustration here. Lady folly and lady wisdom. One is quick and simple. The other one is complicated, but worth it. Some of the best things in life are complicated and they are worth it. Take the time. Take the time. So we have three comparisons. They're calling with equal voices. They're calling from common locations. They're calling the same people, everyone. Then we have the contrast, different intentions, different consequences, and different ways of living. And then I like this part of chapter 8, verses uh, 22 through 31. Lady wisdom just launches into a speech to show you how awesome she is? Like, okay, if, if all those comparisons didn't get your attention, let me tell you something about Lady Wisdom. And, and there is no parallel to this with Lady Folly because this is where Lady Wisdom rises to the top and you realize this is not even a fair fight. <laughs> this, this is not a fair fight at all. Verse 22 of chapter 8. The Lord possessed or fathered me, had me with him at the beginning of his creation, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew the circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then, back then, I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. In verses 22 through 31 Lady Wisdom is presented as altogether eternal, holy, and happy. She is rejoicing in the presence of God. She is with God. She is at His side. And she's not just passive in this. She's not just watching. I was beside Him like a master workman, a master craftsman. She's active. She's useful. She was delighted on by him. She was his delight and she is delighting in him. There's happiness. There's rejoicing. There's rejoicing in what has been brought forth together by God and his wisdom bringing forth, birthing creation. Are you getting the language here? Father with lady wisdom, birthing creation and we're part of it. We are his creation. We are the children of God. We, we are 
loved God in and of himself as is an entire family. He is represented as God the Father. He represents himself as a, as a mother hen. We hide in the shadow of his wings. God is not male or female. He is God. It takes male and female to capture his image. Here's a choice. Lady folly, lady wisdom. Follow your sexuality to the grave or find God to be all-sufficient no matter how you feel. Conclusion. Eternal death is a self-inflicted wound. Write that down. Humanity is being presented and shown that they have, a, they have a say in this matter. God gives us a choice. Will we pursue whatever we want on our terms, which is ironic because you're actually giving in to sin and it becomes your master, or are we yielding ourselves to the very God who brought everything into existence? His wisdom, His way, He knows everything. Listen to him. Listen to him. Trust him. It may not seem easy. Trust him anyway. It may seem restrictive. Trust him anyway. This is not just about your sexuality. It's framed like that because if you give that part of yourself up, you're going to give up everything in your heart. But if you guard that part, perhaps you'll give all of yourself to God. Of course, he's writing to his sons. So he's framing it in a very understandable way. Eternal death, self-inflicted wound. And then we round it out with 32 through 36, chapter 8, the conclusion. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. So many good words in that paragraph. Listen, keep, hear, do not neglect. Listen, watch, wait, find, obtain. Does that sound like your faith in God is supposed to be pretty active? Listen, keep, hear, do not neglect. Listen, watch, wait, find, obtain. Notice that that word obtain doesn't come until after. Listen, keep, hear, do not neglect. Listen, watch, wait, find, obtain. Like you've got to have some skin in the game. Solomon by no means is just encouraging his sons, hey, follow those laws and you're good. Has he mentioned any laws? Has he quoted from Deuteronomy? Why not? Because the law does not lead you to love the Lord your God. Even that great book of the law, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, 4 begins with love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your might. Why does that, Bible, why does that book of the Bible, Deuteronomy, open with that? Because if God doesn't have your heart, nothing you do matters, even if you do all the law. You, did you catch that, Lady Folly? I have paid my vows. I've gone to the temple I've purified myself. I've offered this sacrifice. That, that's flowery language for her saying that her time of the month is over. She's gone to the temple and she's got permission now to have sex. And then she has the guts to say, my husband took a bag of gold. And he's not going to be back for a long time. Like, can, can you just, the hypocrisy is dripping off of this woman. She plays religion. I've paid my vows. Whoa! 
She's a church girl. After all that, she's a church girl. Like, what? Run! That's what Joseph would say from the book of Genesis, right? Run! That's what Solomon is saying. A little more subtly. My son, listen, keep, hear, do not neglect what I'm saying. Listen, watch, wait, find, and obtain. Write this sentence down. The conclusion. Make your own definitive decision. (laughs) Will you please choose God? Make a decision. And it's a daily decision. It's definitive. I'm going to follow God. But you have to wake up every day and renew that. Every day. Yes, there's a moment in time when you are born again. But then you have to wake up every day and live it. And do it. And do it again. Then you sleep. Then you get up. And then you do it again. And living for God today. Well, you know, I did that last year. I think I'm going to take a year off. No. It's daily. It's, it's a daily decision. You make a definite decision, but then you live it out every day the rest of your life. Stepping back, I see these two chapters, seven and eight, as Solomon's life story. Here's, here's Solomon's life story in a nutshell. In 1 Kings 3, it says he loved God. In 1 Kings 11, it says he loved many women. Write that down. Here's Solomon's life story. Love God and then love many women. Really? Notice, this is tapping into a really common theme in the Bible. It starts in Genesis. The storyline of humanity is Adam and Eve. Eve is brought to Adam as helper, but she also becomes his temptress. That word helper is a little weak, but what it means is Adam was helpless to fulfill God's plan for his life without her as his helper. She was essential. He could not be fruitful and multiply without her. Yes, I need a helper. He was pumped too. But then she became his temptress. And I'm not heaping anything on Eve because she is all of us. And so is Adam. Adam is also all of us. The next blank. He should be Adam the leader. Adam the protector. But he becomes Adam the passive, Adam the finger pointer. Well, the woman you gave me, she took from the tree first. And so have men blamed women for the rest of history. Even though they try to take power, even though we try to rule and maintain societies through our our, our strength, if anything goes wrong, blame somebody else. Like, that is so Adam-like. But we're both. At some stage in our lives, we are all Adam and Eve. Because Genesis 1, 2, and 3 is not about male and female. It's about humans. Humans blaming each other, bickering with each other. Even if they'd never been married, they'd have found a way to fight. Even if it had been two Adams, Adam 1, Adam 2, they'd have found a way to disagree and to separate. They, they would have found a reason to be selfish, to be self-centered, and break up. It, it, it's a human problem. Not a gender problem. And that is your story. Here's the story of your life. Will you follow Jesus or are you going to follow yourself? And there are no other options. Your parents are not part of that formula. They may give you some good examples. This this is what got in my heart for the king's kids. (laughs) Pay attention and listen, but eventually those little boogers have to grow up and make their own decisions. They have to. That's just part of being a human. Will you follow Jesus? And if you're not following Jesus, the only other alternative is you're following your own heart. You're living like 
a fool. You're following lady folly instead of surrendering to lady wisdom. And we all have to make what I, and I call this, this is just a love, this is a love story decision that we have to make. Are you willing to marry yourself to God? Have you thought of it like that before? There's a lot of talk about marriage in our society, a lot of debates, but have you ever thought about that? Not, not just making a decision, not just praying a prayer, not just making a commitment. We elevate our faith to the idea of marrying ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that change the way you might look at Christianity? It should. That's what Solomon's trying to get his son to understand. He wants his son to marry himself to the wisdom and knowledge that is God himself. And that's not just a Solomon theme. That's a Genesis theme. That's a book of Revelation theme. And you need to see that. You need to see that that is the ark that spans the entire Bible and puts everything together. So follow that ark in your mind from Eden all the way to the new Jerusalem. Walk with God in the cool of the day. Eat from every tree, including the tree of life. Those are the positives. And there's only one negative. Don't eat from that tree, the knowledge of good and bad. Because as you walk with God, he's going to teach you good and bad as you spend time with him, as you commune with him. He's going to give you all the knowledge you need. But instead, what does humanity do? We reach out, we grasp, and we take that which we see is good, but we take it out of order. The rest of the whole Bible, God is offering two choices. Grasp and take what you want on your terms, Mr. Selfish, or reach and take me. God offers himself to us all along the way, every story. So I can say with confidence, the Bible, next line, the Bible is a unified story leading us to Jesus Christ as our great love and purpose for existence. The Bible is a unified story leading us to Jesus Christ as our great love and purpose for existence. And I've got one example for that. If you're taking notes, just write down John 21 to look up later. We know the story how Peter denied the Lord on the night of his crucifixion, ran and hid. And John 21, Jesus comes back to Peter fixes him breakfast and starts to restore Peter, forgive Peter. If you know the story, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love my principles? Do you love my commandments? Do you love my rules? Is that what Jesus says? Peter, do you love the doctrine I've imparted onto you? No. Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? That's the story. And Peter married himself to Jesus to the point that he's willing to die. He wasn't until that moment. He was running, he was hiding, he was afraid. Had he already committed? Had he already confessed, you are the Christ? <laughs> yes. What about you? Have you committed? Have you confessed? Have you been born again? Good, 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 good. Have you ever really considered yourself married to that man? Till death. An unbreakable bond. I will commit myself not to folly, but to wisdom in the flesh. Jesus. And here lies the power 
of the cosmic love story in the Bible. Song of Songs. Write that down. This is the message of the book Canticles. Song of Solomon. Other titles. We don't quote from this book very often because it really only has one point and one application. It's the love of God for his bride. That's it. <laughs> it is a one-trick pony. Which is also why some famous rabbis have called that book of the Bible the Holy of Holies. It shows the depth and the love and the passion of God to pursue his people. Amazing. And Solomon writes about it. Let me encourage you. If you hear God speaking to you this morning to respond, we respond with joy, we respond with repentance, and we respond with the heart of commitment like marriage. Marry yourself to Jesus. Love him first and foremost. He can handle your sin. You don't need to clean up to come to Jesus. We sing that. I looked, man, I should have told you, come as you are would have been a good song for today. We've sung it recently, so I didn't. But that's true, right? We tell people, whatever, whatever's going, come as you are. But I have a warning to tap into that. Come as you are, but here's the warning. Jesus Christ will never let you remain forever as you are. Man, he's going to mess with you. <laughs> he's going to put his finger on everything that is wrong with you. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to squirm. But it leads to righteousness and justice and peace and riches. It leads to eternal life, not death. And that is the great contrast that Solomon is presenting before us this morning. Stand with me as we respond. God's goal is to prepare you for life in the new Jerusalem. God's goal is to prepare you for life in the renewed Eden. The perfect state. God wants to change you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we invite you right now to convict us, to change us, to show us how we can embrace your wisdom personally, practically, daily. We do not want to be a legalistic people that think we are right because we are doing right. God, break our hearts and show us we can never be right enough. But as you break our hearts, give us a new heartbeat. Remove our hearts of stone so that a heart of flesh would beat for you. Help us to at least want you more. Give us a hunger and thirst for you. Heavenly Father, change us. Use your spirit to convict us and remind us that we need to commit to hearing you, looking for you, and finding you every day for the rest of our lives. Remind us that we are married to the Lord Jesus and help us to stop giving our hearts to sin. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>
now seated at your table Jesus thank you by your perfect sacrifice I've been brought your enemy you made your friend pouring out the riches of your glorious grace your mercy and your kindness know no end your blood has washed away my sin Jesus thank you Father's wrath completely satisfied, Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. So privileged to hear God's word presented so clearly. From Revelation 22, he who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.